The Founders Live Podcast tells unique and inspiring stories of entrepreneurship from all over the world. Be sure to join thousands of entrepreneurs on founderslive.com. Now, quick word from our sponsors before we get started. Hey everyone, Nick here real quick to share with you a few new things that are happening in Founders Live that you need to know about. Uh, check out our new global community, The Arena. You can find it at arena.founderslive.com. You can find a number of new channels to connect with others, find exclusive content, and really learn how to be a world-class entrepreneur. Within that, you can find our uh, new levels of value of membership within Founders Live. We have the Insider Membership and the Professional. The Founders Live Insider Membership, you can you know, really be on the inside, find all that great new content and, and really have awesome experiences. And then the professional, uh, you can really, really grow. So these are the people that really want to grow as an entrepreneur. You're out there. You want to maximize your startup and business success. Um, and this is including the recently launched Founders Live Academy that has courses, trainings, and awesome content to help you become the best entrepreneur that you can. And lastly, check out our events. Um, there should be things happening around you as well as if you want to launch Founders Live in your city, just reach out to us at expand.founderslive.com. All right, everyone. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Founders Live podcast, where we tell unique and inspiring stories of entrepreneurship from all over the world. I'm Nick Hughes. I'm the founder and CEO of Founders Live. And today, we have a really special guest uh, joining us, actually from Lincoln, Nebraska. We have Maggie Olson, owner and founder of Nova Chief of Staff. We're going to talk all about really Chief of Staff services, certification around um, Chief of Staff, and um, how to really maximize your effectiveness on your team and your executive team. Maggie, welcome to the conversation. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I've been looking forward to this. Yes, it's great. And I just already know the stuff we're going to uncover and talk about is going to be very helpful to many CEOs and um, you know, possibly lead them to other opportunities with you and other people. So uh, this is awesome. Sure. But hey, let's, uh, let's hear a little bit of background. I always love to get a little spice of background before we get into the um, all the information here. Tell us about yourself. Yeah, awesome. Well, um, gosh, I should probably start by saying I am in Lincoln, Nebraska, but my my network, my past, my history has been in Seattle, Washington, where I think um, you have roots in and a lot of people listening probably do too. Um, I ended up finding myself pretty early on in my career managing large teams. Um, in my early 20s, I worked at um, Salish Lodge, Sankadia Lodge. Those names might sound familiar to some of you. And um, in the food and beverage outlets, sort of the, the restaurant, the bar, the coffee shop, leading the teams um, across the board there. And that ended up paying off later in my career when, um, let's see, I, I moved along into some retail roles. I was at Macy's for a bit, and then I um, landed a buying, uh, assistant buying role at Nordstrom. And I, I was at Nordstrom for five or six years in different buying capacities, ended up being you know, multi-channel buyer in several different um, 
on several different teams and categories, which was a cool opportunity to jump into new businesses and evaluate them, figure out what's working, what's not, how to make some important changes and drive efficiency. So um, in any case, ended up going back to school, getting my MBA between about 2015 and 2018 from the Foster School of Business at UW, University of Washington. And I was recruited into an executive development program with T-Mobile. Very competitive. I think they had maybe five people um, from my graduating class across the country that were accepted into the program. And you had to have that early leadership experience um, managing large teams, which um, was a little bit rare, I think, for MBA students um, in their you know late 20s, early 30s. So um, anyway, I launched into this executive development program at T-Mobile. I was moved to Salt Lake City, Utah to manage a team of about 11 stores, 100 people or so. And I had to drive success in this district um, in an industry that I had never worked in and in a place that I'd never been to before. Um, and I had to present my business to senior leaders of the company like monthly. Um, and you kind of had to make it to do a good job. Um, it really had to be a good fit or the program probably wasn't quite right for you. So in any case, it went well. I ended up moving to um, back to Seattle into a retail strategy position where we worked on new store concepts and I honed skills like digital and in-person storytelling, especially you know in PowerPoint and kind of that digital design piece and the strategic uh, components really um, were a focus of that role as well. And then that is when I finally learned for the first time about the chief of staff role. Um, and we can get into that more, Nick, but um, I ended up moving into a chief of staff role next for one of the um, leaders at T-Mobile. And I was his first chief of staff. It was my first chief of staff role. I was tasked to figure out how to help drive his business forward, how to support him. Um, and I was tasked to build a team um, under, you know, on my team, basically a chief of staff team um, under the same umbrella to um, really figure out the best ways to um, move the business forward. So that's, I'll pause there. Yeah. But that's kind of my background leading up to before I before I left the corporate world. Oh, perfect. You know, what comes to mind here is just even a, a wonder of, you know, when you worked with uh, major corporate leaders what did you take away? Like, what did you learn that might've been like an aha moment of like, wow, all right. You know, what were a few things that popped out that you really, maybe it was quite insightful and you learned uh, when working with, you know, major companies and then corporate leaders and realizing like you, you know, needed to build a team and all this stuff around that. Yeah. You know, I think um, what I loved about Nordstrom and T-Mobile is that they really, you know, the time that I was there with both companies, they really, you know, put their money where their mouth was, essentially. They care a lot about their customer and they care a lot about their employees. Um, and I loved seeing that. And it was, I think it was really important to see that as an employee. Um, Nordstrom, for example, when I started, I think it was 2012, maybe. I think we were on like a 2003 version of Excel, which is just silly. I mean, we shouldn't have been that behind. Um, but the decisions were, but I mean, the decisions around like the customer and the technology and the multi-channel efforts and omni-channel efforts going on at a really early time in Nordstrom um, were eye-opening. And I could just see where 
the leaders, the Nordstrom brothers were prioritizing and that was the customer. Um, they absolutely love their employees too. And in many other ways, they kept us very, very happy. But, um, you know, that's something that I, I loved about both T-Mobile and Nordstrom. And I think um, another thing I, I think about a lot is that even though, you know, those are huge companies, everyone is scrambling. There's chaos everywhere. There's not necessarily a roadmap for everything. It's not simple plug and play. It really, depending on your role and the team you're on, like it is, you are in build mode. You are trying to make things more efficient. You're figuring out how to do things in new ways. Um, maybe you're launching a new product or something more tangible, but it's not all there for you. And I know that, um, I have friends and peers and whatnot in, in startup culture and in working for themselves and other things during that time. Um, there were more similarities in those ways, I think, than differences with the caveat that there were resources, a lot of resources. There was funding. There was um, a say yes, usually kind of attitude around if you needed something or we needed support or another resource. Um, you know, so those are probably two things. And I think the biggest, the other, you know, big or biggest thing that would stick with me from like corporate learnings from the leaders at the top of an organization is I, th I think it's kind of hard to put into words, but watching leaders um, drive their business through that influential leadership. So mm -hmm. for example, a leader that I report to, they may have 10 people on their team. There's no way that that president can get their hands dirty and be you know, ground level working on the initiatives, but they have to drive things forward. And how do they do that? Is it effective meetings? Is it effective follow-up? Is it a great chief of staff that's putting everything together and driving everyone, you know, in the same direction. Um, and sometimes it fails, but that is a learning that it's been really interesting to watch. Like, how do you get things done when you are not actually the doer um, as a company leader? Yeah. Yeah, totally. It, there's a lot, you know, and, but you, as you took away those lessons of, you know, influential leadership, uh, very, very important as we go into really running our own company. And so that's really the next area that I would like to really, you know, understand from you is um, why entrepreneurship, why go out on your own. And th this is going to be more around personally, like your decision around starting your own company versus the concept of chief of staff, which we'll get to very, very soon. But, you know, why take the leap? Because, hey, you could stay at T-Mobile or you can stay at Nordstrom. And I'm sure that that's a pretty decent paycheck. So, yeah. uh why 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 go out on your own yeah it's such a good question um i think there's a couple things i come from very a very risk averse family both of my my parents are both divorced and remarried but my mom and my dad um they're both phds in higher education i'm pretty sure that there's a really strong correlation to maybe a little bit risk averse um <laughs> in those kinds of jobs but um, incredible, incredible roles they both have had. Um, I've had some really awesome female role models through my mom and my aunts and my grandmother, um, which I think gave me a leg up in raising my hand and asking for more and knowing I can do things. But anyway, um, I think that I was in a very risk um, environment, but through my MBA program, um, I started, I think, finding the words and figuring out um, how to articulate and learn that I was pretty entrepreneurial. 
always looking for white space and ideas and solutions to things and the next the next thing that could solve a problem. Um, my brother has been an entrepreneur since he was born. Basically, he runs a outdoor home building um, company in Westport, Washington, and he's done a fabulous job growing into this entrepreneurial role of his. So it's been around me and the MBA program I was in really made me start thinking about things differently. And then I finally found this chief of staff role, which felt like really good career alignment. Like I think I'd been in different roles through my career that were great, but it didn't quite feel just right. And I'd finally found that with chief of staff, but it wasn't um, necessarily in the, like the industry or the kind of the environment that I wanted to work in. I have been drawn to startups. I've been drawn to that high growth growth startup, mission-driven for-profit world. Um, and I learned so much from T-Mobile, but that's a very different um, company than um, you know the startups that I work for now. So I think it was just a combination of kind of time, been thinking about it, found this awesome career alignment in the chief of staff role and figured, you know what? I have learned a lot here. I'm becoming more confident in like all the things I have to offer and I can do this. So it took a little bit of bravery, um, but that's pretty much kind of how I decided to leave corporate and go off on my own with um, fractional chief of staff consulting. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a lot, everyone has their own path, but you know, uh, there is, you know, quite a, a similarity around, um, you know, learn, you know, learning your skills in a uh, larger corporate environment, realizing like, hey, I could do this in on my own and in a different way. And, you know, and, you know, maybe own your own schedule a little more. And, and that's, you know, all this, you know, when you talk about freedom, you talk about maybe um, possibly uh, unlimited aspect of earning potential and all these, you know, there's reasons why people choose this. But, you know, it's, it's also, uh, you know, I was listening to a podcast the other day and I think this is nice to just even talk about is, um, yeah, you know, someone was talking about the first, like, you know, $500 that they made and, uh, I'm actually trying to pull back exact. Oh, it was, it was a, a notable individual. I won't bring up their name, but, um, you know, it was really when they in very first, you know, broke out, um, as a, in a younger capacity, but basically did something and, and in the first like $500 came in and he just kind of stopped and he's like, Oh my God, you know? And it was the, it wasn't the amount it was how it was made and realizing like, wait, I can do this. And I'm actually creating income for myself. And all I need to do is just obviously keep going and ramp this up. But just the, this really, really special when you start to see income flowing in, on yeah. your own capacity and you're like i'm not just checking in checking out in a com- corporation for a paycheck i've actually done something revenue and income's coming in and if i just continue this and repeat it you know good things will happen so that's a really special feeling yeah it's a special feeling i mean just yesterday i'm like looking at my email address maggie at maggie olson consulting i'm like mm-hmm. well yeah. i guess i did it like it's i can do it it's you can do this <laughs> you can you can do this you can do this so let's actually shift into, you know, a uh, fractional chief of staff and consulting and all this, um, maybe open up with, you know, what is in your, in your words, in your opinion, you, what you discovered about the chief of staff 
really service. Let's just start there. What is it? And then we'll walk into what the things that you're offering and the insights that you've gained. Yeah, absolutely. So the chief of staff role can be really nuanced. It can look very different depending on the industry you're in, the size of the industry, um, the leader that you support, your own kind of seniority level in your career journey, your own strengths and opportunities. It can look very, very different. But some of the key things that a chief of staff does is um, really help the leader stay focused on the future and the vision. So they're keeping their head up, their eyes forward versus that leader being heads down, focused on executing their initiatives and being in the weeds with details. Often the chief of staff is a proxy for their leader. They're stepping into meetings. They're um, with the leader a lot. So they can help um, direct the leader's team to um, next steps or solutions or things um, when the leader's not around. Basically, the chief of staff is responsible for, um, I mean, from my perspective, the chief of staff should be responsible for driving a really strong rhythm of business, which means, you know, when are you talking about your business? When are you looking back? When are you looking forward strategically? When are you like heads down looking at operational things, product launches, current current business, uh, making sure that those initiatives that are on your leader's mind, the things that they talk about a lot are um, being dealt with in efficient ways. There's feedback loops, there's projects going on, there's an executive level of project management that the chief of staff offers to support the leader. Um, additionally, there's you know business process improvements and efficiency components. There's components of um, communications um, on behalf of your leader, making sure that any events are running well. Now, when you get into some of these, you're like, wait a minute, isn't that the EA or isn't that an events team? Absolutely. It's likely being done by other people, but the chief of staff is responsible for everything running smoothly. So they should be involved in ensuring that the final product um, is high quality and that everything is being taken care of. Um, and I think the last piece is the chief of staff really fills gaps. So let's say that you know you have an HR department in your company, but maybe you want to launch an employee newsletter and there really aren't resources for that. Or maybe there's um, an employee survey that should be done and we're really not asking our people how they're doing much. Well, maybe your chief of staff is really good at that kind of thing. You ask them to step in and fill gaps. Could be finance, could be employee culture, could be an operations task, could be an interim coverage of a COO role while someone's on maternity leave. Um, this person is your executionary partner um, in a strategic role, driving your initiatives forward for you as a leader. Yeah. And so interesting. And, uh, you know, in some ways, it sounds like a, um, a, a an individual that can can obviously wear many hats. Yeah. You know, and is intelligent on on the operations and the business in a way that maybe others that are more specifically focused on a task uh, might not be. So, yeah. you know, it takes takes some skill there. Um, when when we think about, you know, especially, you know, this is Founders Live, we're, we're startups, we're founders, uh, we're leaders. Uh, so it's early times in a company. But when would a especially an executive team and a leader under when would they identify the time when it's like, it's time to bring someone. And especially even as you mentioned, fractional, you know, this is not necessarily um, 
you know, bringing in a full-time person into the team, this is like services and all that. So we can talk about that, but when is it time to bring someone on for this? Yeah, it's a great question. And the answer is going to vary. It's going to vary based on your resources, your funding, your other priorities. Um, I have a friend who was employee like number 10 at a very successful startup in Bellevue, uh, Washington. And there's obviously plenty of startups out there who are like, we can't think about a chief of staff for gosh, until we're at X, Y, or Z, um, you know, sales revenue or number of employees or whatnot. But I would say that if you are a founder and you have so many initiatives, there's too many for you to keep track of. They're all going a mile, you know, a million miles a minute. You don't have necessarily the resources to keep you organized from a strategic level. Um, people that can build presentations on your behalf, um, resources to put board meeting uh, materials together, resources to put investor updates together, somebody to run your corp, your company um, all hands or off sites. That is when you can think about, you know, maybe I could benefit from a chief of staff. So truly, um, and the other thing is all of us have different strengths and opportunities. If you are trying to juggle a lot right now, and that's what, that's what we do as founders, um, maybe you can handle this part. Maybe you are really, really good at keeping everybody and yourself organized, but maybe you're not so great at organization and um, keeping track of everything and following up and you feel like things are really falling through the cracks, then you're somebody who would want to hire a chief of staff sooner, or at least some of the fractional responsibilities that a chief of staff could take off your plate to help you stay focused on the vision looking forward. Mm. Well, Many, I'm sure many of you out there can identify with a lot of the things that have just been said. And, you know, uh, we're running around putting out all these forest fires and new things, new initiatives are on. It just feels like the plate's overflowing. And, you know, by the way, that's uh, it's a normal feeling. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it, especially if you are, you know, growing and becoming more successful, uh, it's natural, but we need help. So this is obviously, you know, a good step in that direction. Um, yeah. So cool. I have uh, to say, I yeah. love that you said, sorry, I have to say, I love that yeah. you said forest fires. I feel like in the corporate world, like we're running around putting out fires. In the mm -hmm. startup world, you're literally putting out forest fires. <laughs> you know, and, and apologies for, you know, anyone in North America that, you know, that yeah, don't want, you know, but um or anywhere, obviously, but um, it's a term that I think it is, it, it's, it's a term that feels very natural. And I mean, it, as a founder, you literally like, and I joke with, with our team, and, you know, even uh, Luis, who you, you know, actually, and, you know, uh, Luis, who's uh, another team member of Founders Live. Um, you know, we talk about this a lot. I mean, a sign of success I'm telling you, everyone right now, a sign of success is you wake up and or you like, you know, you get to your email every day and there's like a number of these fires and you're like, oh, my God. And, you know, there's a lot of great things in our world, especially in Founders Live. There's so many great things that are happening and it's a, it's a great life. But there's all these things that like from little successes, then little like things that you have to fix you know, pop up and they are, they're like forest fires and you feel like you're running around and 
trying to put this one out. And then all of a sudden, like another one starts and like over on this other part. And you're just, it, it feels like that. And it feels like you're a firefighter. And, you know, it's, um, you know, not to make light of that, but that's what it feels like. So yes, that's why I said it. And, um, you know, the key here is to start surrounding yourself as founders and executive teams with people that can really help with these things. And that's really what I think is really cool is this, this uh, chief of staff position that you're offering. Now, I want to move into some new things that you're offering and would like to hear from you what's coming down the line, what are you offering now? And, you know, how can how can people take advantage of that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, a few minutes back, we were just talking about, I think, kind of the surprise of the chief of staff role. And I think a lot of people listening have probably felt like there's a little mystery with it. Well, I definitely did. I didn't learn about the chief of staff role, I think, as I mentioned, until um, it was really on the table for me as a job um, back when I was moving into it at T-Mobile. So I just remember thinking like, if I would have known about this chief of staff role in business school or an undergraduate business school, um, gosh, any time along my career, I probably would have found the role a lot sooner. And that really stuck with me. Um, and at about the time I left T-Mobile to start um, consulting, I was having a conversation with my mom um, about how there are so many certification programs out there for something like project management, but I couldn't find, I could not find like literally anything out there um, for chief of staff certification where you're doing like hands-on content creation, doing the work that a chief of staff would do to practice and get comfortable and knowledgeable and confident in potentially taking on a chief of staff role or becoming better in your current chief of staff role. So I ended up getting in touch with um, the digital learning team at New Mexico State University, an accredited school, have a relationship there and um, started working on building this chief of staff certification course. So first of its kind offers tons of hands-on practice doing things like building briefs and putting strategic recommendations together and um, executive project management scenarios and assignments and um, practice presenting both digitally and in person, mock meetings with a leader, lots and lots of hands-on practice doing the things that chiefs of staff do every day. Um, and it's been incredibly well-received. I just launched, it took about a year to build, um, just launched at the very end of June. We've got almost 70 students in the course at this point, I believe. And um, I'm I'm thrilled that people are have been telling me like, this is what we've been looking for. I want to advance my skills. I want to practice doing the things. I'm an executive assistant and I am hungry for more. I'm super driven. I want to be more strategic. Like, how do I build those skills? Um, and that really hasn't existed out in the marketplace. So that's been what I've been super busy with um, over the last several months. Um, and I'm super excited about it. It's been it's been a really fun entrepreneurial venture because as we talked about, chiefs of staff wear a million hats. I had not before worn the entrepreneur hat or the true like marketing hat. 
um, so many things that I'm thinking about in new and different ways now. Um, and I just love that. I'm sure the people listening can identify with loving to do a lot of different things. That's a chief of staff's trait. I think that's probably also a founder trait. Um, liking to, you know, learn a business from the top, do lots of different things, keep it interesting. Um, and that's, it's, it's been really, really fun. Yeah, this is great. This is great. And, um, where, where, where would you like, where do you see that going? Um, maybe in the next few years, you know, how do you want to take and move forward with this like certification and does it become like an industry standard and all this? So talk about that. Mm, Yeah. Um, well, there's a few things happening. So, um, the course will be launched early next year, um, with the university of Washington's foster school of business and their executive education program. Um, so that's exciting. I'm hoping to have the course within some university platforms across the country, just a handful or so kind of geographically spread out in that way. Um, and there's a lot of people out there in the executive assistant and the chief of staff space doing, you know, running cohorts and having great conversations and coaching. And there's marketplaces for different types of courses and things. And I'm thrilled that most of those people really want to partner um, they want to maybe you know host the course in their marketplace or funnel their students or their cohorts you know in some way or another like through the course or partnership in that way. I think there's a potential um, corporate component here where um, you know working with leaders in the corporate environment saying, hey, <laughs> elevating and like getting your bench ready is super important. I'm sure you talk about it all the time, but what are we doing? Like, let's take the top ten percent of X, Y, and Z role and help help elevate them and get them ready to move into a chief of staff or similar role. By the way, their chief of staff title um, can also be called a million other things. <laughs> um, but I think there's there's a corporate component, and um, yeah, there there's an interest. It's an interesting question, Nick, around um, kind of the industry standards. So obviously, I would love that. Um, the student we've been getting great responses from the students. Um, continuing to iterate. I'm very focused on the student experience and the user experience in the course that will just live on and continue. Um, But as of right now, I'm just wanting to make the course the best it can be for each of the students that are in it. Um, So, yeah. Good. Good. Well, it sounds like you're, you're on, on the path on track and this is so cool. This is so cool. You know, we're, we're, we're kind of coming to the end here and I do want to, get your thoughts around um this is more around lessons and advice uh and let's go back to i want to kind of two-part this but the first is you know kind of again you know in terms of observing leaders at the highest levels of especially corporations and then i want to get your thoughts around like how we apply that to to founders and early stage leaders. But let's go back to, you know, um, what would you say, like, in terms of what you learned from um, high level leaders around, you know, how they delegate, how they handle big problems, because I think that's part of the separation of when you look at uh, leaders and people that hold significant positions in larger companies, they're able to handle the challenges. Again, that's not, they're fires. They're not, maybe not forest fires because you know, all that, but, um, 
they're then able to somehow handle it somehow uh, you know, point others in that direction. And essentially they're leading from the top in some way. So what, what, what did you observe with those individuals that then you've taken into your own life? And then we're going to talk about actually, you know, early stage founders. Yeah, absolutely. So many things come to mind. Um, I think that there, when you think about how it can be applied to founders too, um, I think there's a level of professionalism, a level of polish, a level of, um, engagement that is very, very important at that level. Um, Every conversation you're having, there's going to be 20 actions that come after it. So you have to be engaged. You have to be paying attention. You have to understand the business and what's going on. Um, And I think you have to be very, very approachable to make sure um, that people will come to you with issues. So I've seen it both ways. I've seen, you know, I think we all probably have um, folks that are absolutely not approachable. Um, there's lots going on. We probably should ask the leader, but like they might bite my head off. I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to figure it out. Um, and maybe the wrong decision is made. And then we've all probably worked with leaders who are incredibly approachable and they do have that executive presence and the polish and the professionalism, but you know that you can walk into their office at any time and have a real conversation with them about something that needs to be done. Um, I think as a leader, those people that I've witnessed who can kind of put their title and their prestige aside and understand that the people coming to them are doing everything in their job on the behalf of the team that this leader, you know, leads and runs. Um, it's not a, you know, an inconvenience, a waste of time. You have to be approachable to those to those people on your team, um, and I've seen some some really really great leaders that um, I use the term servant leadership. That that is absolutely the characteristic that you know you could use to describe them. Um, and I think you know as I've been mentioning, like the polish component, founders like we're all a lot of us are having to present our business to investors or board, and there's got to be a level of professionalism and polish, and not necessarily like you know, stuffiness, like you don't have to be wearing a suit or anything like that, but you have to be able to know your business. It has to be put together really cleanly on a slide um, because you have to be able to tell the story about your business. And in order to do that, you need all of those things to be true. So understanding that um, reputation is important and how you show up is important um, is probably some of the bigger things that I've taken away from, from leaders at um, the top. Yeah. Yeah. These are good. These are good. And then you now are uh, running your own company and consultancy and, you know, you've learned some things as a founder and a leader yourself. Uh, What would be uh, one or two things that you would offer to other founders early stage that are in the mix? I feel like they're, they are, you know, trying to put out those, those fires and stuff. Um, What, what, what couple things come to mind? of operators and founders that you've learned thus far? Yeah. Yeah. A few things. I mean, first, just get started. Just start. It's okay if you don't have it all figured out. Um, On a different side of the coin to that advice would be talk to a lot of people who could be potential customers or clients or doing the same thing as you're doing in a different way or the same way. Um, I probably had over 50, maybe 100 chats with, um, with people like that around chief of staff work. Um, gosh, name your business early on. 
I'm going through that right now. Um, mm-hmm. I came out with chief of staff certification, kept it really general for a reason. Um, ended up, you know, finding out that I needed to create a name. So we are Nova chief of staff, um, which I'm very excited about working with an incredible marketing agency. Um, but name your business early, um, I think is, is important and surround yourself like this. This is probably something people have heard a lot, but surround yourself with people who can help you in different ways. So is there someone when you can call when you think you need to grow, but you're not sure how you want to grow and how to invest and what to spend money on at an early stage? Is there someone you can call when you have, um, when you need to understand like what tools should I use for billing or what tools should I use for um, workflow process? Like, is there someone you can call? Um, do you have a network set up? And if you don't, that's okay, but start to build one. Like we all have much, much bigger networks than we think. So taking, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes to really reflect on everyone in your network, um, I think is, is very, very, very helpful. And finally, like, just know, like you're here for a reason, like you are brave, you are going out and doing this thing, whatever it is. Um, and you've already taken that important step to, to, you know, be listening to this kind of podcast or be starting your business, like just keep going, keep going, surround yourself with good people. Um, don't be afraid to make mistakes, fail quickly. Um, change gears, like you've got it. We, you, we're happy that you're in the entrepreneurial world. <laughs> all of those. Look at that. All of those. All of those. And you know, just to maybe double click on a couple. You know, yes. just get get started is absolutely great advice. You know, I, I feel. You know, and look, this is in the end. This is what Founders Live is here for, everyone. Okay. Yeah. So this is why we're here. But you know, we're here to help you, and you know, really help you know, build your network. We're here as a network to, to provide resources and opportunities and all that, but um, just getting started. And some of that is just attend a Founders Live event. And you know, what's crazy about that is the next step will just be placed right in front of you. And maybe oh, it's a, co- so cool. it's, it's a coffee with someone. And then after that coffee, you're like, you know what, I'm going to do some stuff this weekend. And all of a sudden you like, you know, do a little outline of what you want to work on. And and maybe, maybe the business name starts to pop in your head and blah, blah, blah. What I mean is like, if you just get started, the next step will actually present itself. That's yes. It. I love that you have like a very simple solution. Like just walk <laughs> into a founder's live event. Just talk to a couple people, like such, such a great resource. It's amazing. So, well, Maggie, this has been awesome. Um, okay. So when people want to check things out, they want to maybe uh, uh, reach out to you or just learn more, maybe check out the certification. Where do they go? Yeah. Awesome. So the chief of staff certification, you can go to coscertification.com, coscertification.com. And, um, you can find out about more, more about um, Fractional Chief of Staff Consulting as well from um, MaggieOlsonConsulting.com. So super easy. We are changing, um, advancing to Nova Chief of Staff. So that'll come in the next month or two, but everything will continue to link. Um, and we'd love to connect on LinkedIn. We post a lot of reviews and things about the course there. Um, so come find me. I'm also happy to chat with anybody who has a question around um, chief of staff work at your own company or the course. Like I love doing that. So please feel free to reach out. Just let me know that you heard us on Founders Live with Nick. Perfect. Perfect. Well, you know, thank you, Maggie. It's a 
it's been a pleasure to chat with you and you're sharing your knowledge and all of this and um, just really great. Yeah, you too. It's been really fun. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And everyone, this is the Founders Live podcast where we tell unique and inspiring stories of entrepreneurship from all over the world. You heard today around uh, the offerings, the services, and and if you need a you know, chief of staff and all of this stuff, this is just great. Check it out. Um, hey, we post, we we publish and post new episodes pretty much every week. Keep listening, keep uh, checking these out. Feel free to share them out to your networks. We appreciate that. Um, a lot of stuff coming down the line for Founders Live, everyone. Uh, new memberships, our front row memberships. Um, check them out. That's awesome. Uh, we are in prime time season, so Founders Live Prime Time, our region, our global competition. Uh, broken up into the regions of the world. Just check those things out. Um, watch the events. They're free, streamed online. Um, if you are listening to this in the late months of 2023. Uh, and then lastly, everyone, hey, just um, just stay tight here and stay healthy and stay safe.